0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Late Late Tuesday Night Show. I'm Natalie Ma and you can join me for the next hour where I will be discussing the importance of co-curricular in schools. Tonight I'll be joined by Nicole Tremblay. She's the Director of Theatre at Park Tudor School, Indianapolis. Hello, good evening and welcome everyone. This is my debut Teachers Talk radio show. I'll be here 9pm until 10pm alternate Tuesdays on this late, late slot. I hope to cover a variety of topics, but first let me introduce myself. I'm a drama specialist, and I've been director of drama for uh, the last six years in an independent school. I'm a drama specialist, and I've got over 20 years teaching and experience in various secondary school settings in Essex, Hertfordshire, and London. Alongside teaching, I have my own theatre review podcast called Theatre Audience Podcast. So tonight's topic is on the importance of co-curricular in schools. And I'm joined this evening by an old colleague of mine uh, from two schools ago, in fact. We worked together for three very full, successful, and busy creative years. Uh, So I'm going to be talking tonight to Nicole Tremblay. She's been director of theatre at Park Tudor School in Indianapolis, Indiana, United States, for the last six years. And this is a wonderful opportunity for us to have a catch up and talk education and drama and co-curricular, which are things that are really dear to our hearts. Let me see if Nicole is with me. I am. Hello Nicole. So hi. Um, oh, hi, thank you for agreeing to be my first guest on my first show on Teachers Talk Radio. Uh, I'm really thrilled to be here, thanks so much for asking me. Oh, and so what time is it there in the States? Oh I think we are just past 4pm Eastern Standard Time. Excellent and yeah. have
2: you had a good day? Yeah, it's been a brilliant day! Um, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, so we had uh, a nice long weekend, and then today we went straight back into it. We had um, a dance company from Cincinnati working with our students all day today and tomorrow. Um, oh, so fantastic. I'm on a little break. Yeah.
1: Oh, on a little break. Do you have to go back into school? I sure do, yeah. <gasps> Rehearsing six to nine tonight. Oh my goodness. So yeah. this is a co-curricular in full swing. We are in action. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me! It's so nice to catch up. Um, so how does it differ, co-curricular in in America to to here? Because we work together. How right. long ago was that? Uh, mm. Oh, you're testing, <laughs>
2: testing testing my math brain. I don't. Mm. About what... ten years ago, I think. Ten, yeah, ten to so.
1: yeah. My goodness, yeah. Oh my
2: gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does it differ? Well, gosh, I mean uh, America is, um, a law unto itself when it comes to things like co-curricular. So I'm in a, um, I'm in the Midwest in Indianapolis and our students go full hilt, right? Like we are in class from 8 AM until about 3.30 PM, and then they'll go straight into sports. Um, and then we rehearse from six to nine, um, for the arts, but like, that obviously is not true across the board I am in a private school Um, I would say that at our school we we really see the value of linking up all of these skills Um, athletics academics and the arts all complement each other Mm. which is of course true at any school and for any student
1: Yeah, absolutely. But it seems that the timetabling and the scheduling of that means that when you do have that drama time, that sport time, it's kind of sacrosanct and not interrupted and or it sounds like you don't have to be taking the children out of other areas in order to do a dress rehearsal, for example, right. is that right?
2: Oh, well, yes, although we do, <laughs> we do follow that model, <laughs> okay. um, our final dress rehearsal. Um, at, so over a weekend, we will do um, two days of tech and then we do evening dress rehearsals. And then our Wednesday is like our one big final day um, and all of our students, cast and crew, um get the time off from about 10 o'clock in the morning so we do a little teaser performance oh. for um the whole upper school and then we get about an hour together where we can just have lunch and um have some nice bonding time and then uh we do a full dress rehearsal and then f- photographs uh Amazing. and then we we go dark we go dark on wednesday and thursday oh. for a, a weekend week <laughs> <performance.
1: laughs> That sounds um, good, though. It sounds like you're getting a bit of, you know, a bit of respite, a bit of downtime before, you know, the big energy, rather than it being kind of full out, right, where you just right. go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a full day yeah. of teaching, put, yeah. you know, rehearsals in the evenings, you know, straight through. So it yeah. does sound like it's quite an interesting model. I'd be interested to, you know, like pen that. Put right. that down on paper. Right. And, I mean, and, it, and see how it works in reality.
2: It means a huge amount of buy in from our community, from our parents, from all of our faculty, and from our students. Those are really, really long days. Mm. Um, but, you know, bringing it to that idea of co curricular, um, all of the skills that we as drama specialists or as teachers and educators in the world today all of the skills that we want our kids to develop Mm -hmm. can be wrapped up into this this kind of model right where you have students who um can communicate they can collaborate they are they are testing their perseverance and
1: resilience um, (laughs)
2: resilience right every single day um Mm. because it's exhausting but they're committed um and they're great negotiators and they're great communicators because when you um, are signing on to a two and a half month rehearsal period, um, and also you have a trip and you have games and you have family commitments, like...
1: And it, mock exams mm-hmm. and academia.
2: Right, So it's teaching Mm. our students to look at their time and to really schedule themselves. But that idea of like busy people are productive people.
1: And this is so true. And it's something that is proven. I was doing some research the other day and there, there are sort of data stacks that have been done on, you know, looking at the differences between those students who make use of these opportunities and take the chance to explore and try things out and you know for example so a student who maybe plays violin you mm-hmm. know how I, I mean I, I've never played the violin but you know they may have hours and hours of practice but they then have to work out around that schedule when they're going to do their homework when they're going to do their other activities and, right. and things that they need to do um, whereas the student who just goes home and goes straight onto their Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. You know that they, they, they then, you know, will get tired and then they'll do their homework at, at midnight. You know, uh, right. we've right. seen right. this. Hopefully, um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it gets done. But uh, you know, but you know, and, and there is there is proof that you know students who do several different activities have to be able to time manage. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's like the teacher spinning plate activity. You know, you're you're multitasking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think since COVID, I've noticed, though, sort of post COVID, that students are more inclined to pick one thing Mm -hmm. to specialize Mm -hmm. in, or maybe two. I'm talking about the, you know most students some students will still do something every single night and still find a way to get the best grades i don't know how but um but i think post-covid there seems to be a little bit more of a well i'm going to focus on this this term and then next Mm -hmm. term i'm going they're kind of prioritizing Mm -hmm. and that may be to do with mental health and well-being uh, you know that they Mm -hmm. they recognize that they need to be doing something that they should be doing something that they want to be doing something But equally, they don't now, having had a period of downtime, want to overload themselves so that they can't actually do well at all the things that they've chosen to do. I don't know.
2: And, you know, similarly, I I think about our community, like our parents, who also don't necessarily want to be beholden to um, Mm. children's schedules where... um, we're going to we're going to do everything right i think maybe um maybe we were at a tipping point pre-covid where it did feel like we can do everything we will do everything um and rightfully students and families should um take a moment to to you know really decide what they want to do
1: Mm. And, oh. and it's really difficult, you know, when parents are, are working and they've got their own schedule to organise and they don't mm. get back till a certain time. Sometimes the best possible thing is to make sure that ev- that their children are doing activities every night because that means that's childcare, that's sorted, they're safe, they're not walking home in the dark. Right. Um, so for some, it's, it's, you know, but for some kids, they have to do a certain activity because it's on at the same time as their sibling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they reluctantly <laughs> turn up to do a show or to, you know, be in a choir because, you know, their, 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 yeah. their brother or sister is in the CCF or is, is doing something else, um, <laughs> co-curricular or extracurricular within the school. And therefore, they feel that they, they have to do that because otherwise they're just sitting in the library mm-hmm. every night doing their homework. So so I guess it, it swings in, in roundabouts, doesn't it?
2: Do you, um, you know, one of the opening questions you ask, like, how is it different mm. in America? And it is, it is so vastly different Um, In the particular school that I am in, even from, I was working in really high achieving and buzzy and exciting schools in the UK, but they did not have, the schools I worked at didn't have the same after school life that my current school does. So for you, um, you know, are kids hanging about after school between like three and six doing activities?
1: I guess it depends from school to school and the type of setting. So um, over my 20 years, I've um, worked in a variety of different settings from um, from state school, um, comprehensive um, to to the independent sector. Mm-hmm. And so things are slightly different. I'm very aware that in a boarding school, for example, this the way in which the school day is scheduled sounds a little bit more like what you've explained to me this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms you know they'll have downtime, they'll have prep time and then they go off into activities time. I haven't worked in a boarding school, but um I have done some independent examining in um, a boarding school and that was very much the process because their evenings were scheduled much as 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 the school day is so Mm -hmm. the sort of academic parts took place during the day but also if they're doing gcse drama that happens in the school day because that's part of the curriculum that's part of the academic side of things but then they would have like you a six to nine rehearsal um whereas for me in the settings that i've worked in including the one that we've worked in together it would be more of a you know you start straight after school and mm-hmm. then you rehearse for two hours three hours you know whatever yeah, it is you've yeah. decided or two nights a week and and then you know nearer the time you pull a Sunday and all day remember mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. <laughs> Sure do. Nice productions.
2: Of course, in those days we also <laughs> had to make our own set and cobble together the um costumes and, you know, maybe figure out lighting or hire in lighting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and that also is just a totally different experience for me here mm-hmm. because um, within our curriculum we have a technical theater program. Um, and my technical theater director is like my soulmate. Oh, <laughs> So he he is teaching all day um, the process of design and lighting and um, sound design, set design, and then they're building. Um, so if you're looking at a co-curricular model, you see it really strongly um, when it is literally built in mm. um, to the the curriculum time that they're given.
1: That's phenomenal, because that really Mm -hmm. shows that appreciation of time. I mean, I have a great theatre technician and we have a technical theatre club, but that runs in a lunch hour. It's, you know, it's it's not a programme, it's Mm -hmm. our little Mm programme. And then, you know, the kids come in, we might you know, get sweets and pizza and and they paint the set and they're making little things and, you know, painting this and building this and gluing this. And and that's a wonderful (laughs) example. Um, It's not a built-in program, but, um, but, you know, you get the the GCSE drama lighting technician and the sound technician. So they're doing that as their key skill that they're being assessed on. They'll then do that for experience as well. But yeah, I mean, just talking about, our subject because obviously that's our specialism and that's you know but but just the 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 sheer breadth of the fact that i mean co-curricular is about building that whole child that Mm -hmm. you know it's it's about making them a fully rounded individual and what i've always loved you know like on an open morning um when you're talking to these kind of young impressionable year sixes and they walk into your theater and they're like in awe and some of them just strut in and you're like you're a drama kid (laughs) i can tell but then you'll also get those very quiet clinging to the parent's leg you know kind Mm -hmm. of child but they're somehow fascinated in the idea of theater but they're not I want to be seen and heard on stage. And that's what's so lovely about our subject that it is, so fully rounded that you can have that quiet kid that feels that sense of, of belonging and family, um, and could be a year seven working with a year 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and the year 13s are like, Right, we've got this, we need to sew this onto this costume. This is how you do it, and and they've got this sense of belonging and um, and that and inquisitiveness, right. yeah, absolutely. And yeah, exactly, leadership skills for the sick formers, um. And then that that little that little year seven in time will be like I want to be like that I want to be the the you know the the sick form crew walking around in their black tops that say crew emblazoned across the back, right? Um, and and have that sense of um, I don't know like self importance I suppose isn't well, it? Well, and- yeah,
2: but I mean it does it also then helps actually yeah I would say this about co curricular in general but thinking about our world it it develops not just, um, friendships and mentorship, but it develops community and then self sense of self, right? Like in, Mm -hmm. in our technical theater program, um, they will start in seventh grade, which I guess would be the equivalent of like year eight. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and they can build up and every year they're earning, um, more skills, more knowledge and understanding, but also more like points. So they're signing up every year to work on different shows until a certain level, um, when they start getting t-shirts that are specific to them. So are they fly crew? Are they light crew? Are they sound crew? Um, and they work like uh, they work so determinedly (laughs) determinedly um from seventh grade and generally they're going to stay through that entire program up until their senior year um with my colleague and then they have like a graduation ceremony which will be our like you know the the final show of the senior um year and it is important to them it is important Mm -hmm. to them the way that being a captain of the football team or soccer team is important to them um or robotics or whatever like the skills that kids learn by doing things outside of the curriculum are all the employability skills
1: absolutely
2: that right that are going Mm -hmm. to determine who they then become um i i mean it's fascinating it's fascinating
1: it is. It really is because it's. It's. It, you know. And you think it's all those personality qualities. You know. Mm. So it's. It's. It's those skills. Yeah. It's important that they. You know. Get their x amount of A grades and be. You know. But. But. It's the being able to sit in an interview and say something different, something unique about yourself, a, a skill that you have, an experience that you've had, and it is. I mean, we know that ourselves. You know, when I look back over my school years, I don't think I apart from maybe the burning a peanut to see how many kilojoules it had in the science lesson, which for some reason stuck in my brain. But other than that, the things that I remember are the lead part in the school show are being part of the netball team for seven years changing the different you know positions that i played every now and then you know for the glory of goal attack and then i like, actually know <laughs> i'm now going to be i'm really tall now so i'll be goal defense but you know those are the things that you remember sitting on the coach going to that big you know final south london competition between all the big school you know and yeah and and that's that's the that's the memories that's the stuff that i remember i mean of course there's going to be um, some of our listeners are going to be maths teachers, geography teachers, history teachers, um, and and their memories from school may be very, very, very different. It might be, you know, when well, they went often, to
2: a certain museum,
1: about. and you know, yeah. the Alan Turing experience. You know, I don't, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I, ju- I just don't know. But well, um, you're, I but I like know you're what trying
2: to capture yeah. its relationships mm. and its experiences, um, and sometimes it's relationships with your teachers. So. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about cross-curricular and co-curricular. Um, I keep going back to the technical theater program as if I am not teaching my own theater program, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, shout out to my colleague. He's amazing again. Aww. Um, but, uh, a couple of years ago we were doing a show called Failure, a love story and, um, it, it um goes back and forth through time and in order to show uh where we were in time we had two different rotating um platforms
1: you know oh wow um,
2: big budget well we spent a lot on casters that year in order i mean are we talking make,
1: a drum revolve like the we are,
2: national we're we're talking today? a drum revolve but it you know maybe not on the national theater <laughs> scale. scale and it doesn't go up and down <laughs> just left and right. Anyway, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: he invited in our math teacher to figure out, and this is so where my lack of math knowledge comes in, but like, how many casters do we need? What is the weight bearing capacity of them? Um, what angle does it need to turn at? And all of these middle school math students are sitting on our stage <laughs> figuring this out so that then the technical theater students can build it. And if that is not experiential learning at its best, I don't know what is, because it's real world problem solving.
1: Yeah, that Um, is numeracy in the curriculum. That is that box on that lesson plan for that inspection really ticked. Right.
2: But also, it's, you know, those kids 20 years from now, I'm pretty sure they're going to remember that moment. Mm. Um, The way that i don't (laughs) yeah i remember that moment of oh my gosh you just made this moment come alive for me because um we had i had a student create some live music as well like i'm Mm. i'm trying to create the
1: feeling they're making it work they're making it happen yeah they're making it look good they're Mm -hmm. making your creative idea concrete right Mm. oh (laughs) fantastic right well we shall um We shall have a think uh, about what we're gonna discuss after we go over to our
3: news and sponsors. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Katz Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines, specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit JohncatBookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
3: Strike action dominates the news again with a range of outlets reporting on disputes across England, Wales and Scotland. Whilst the NASUWT union reported 9 out of 10 teachers who voted in a ballot over pay voted in favour of strike action in England and Wales, the union also reported only a 42% turnout. This is below the threshold needed for lawful strike action. The union stated that whilst a strike would now not go ahead, the union remains in formal dispute with the government. The NEU is yet to release the results of its ballot and will also need to reach the 50% member turnout needed for lawful industrial action. In Scotland, the Scottish Secondary Teachers Association has warned of further strike action following walkouts by primary and secondary staff. It says it has no option unless the Scottish Government puts forward a suitable pay offer. The AIS, Union and Scottish NASUWT members also aim to continue with strike action until an agreement is reached. Scottish Education Secretary shirley Ann Somerville maintains that the demand for a 10% pay rise continues to be unaffordable. Meanwhile, the University and College Union has announced 15 new strike days planned across 150 UK universities in February and March. It has said that a pay offer worth between 4 and 5% made during recent talks is not enough, although the group representing university employers says that the offer is actually worth up to 7%. This comes after the government announced that tuition fees in England will be frozen for another two years. Although this is good news for students, the strikes mean more disruption to courses already affected by the pandemic. However, the National Union of Students has been broadly supportive of the industrial action, at least so far. Away from strike action, there have been further stories focusing on what should be taught in schools. This time, the focus is on educating pupils in the dangers of social media in spreading messages that are misogynistic and deeply toxic. The HuffPost website reports on Labour MP Alex Davy-Jones who called in Parliament for ministers to do more to stamp out Andrew Tate-style misogyny and to stop boys being brainwashed. The MP asked what was being done to tackle radicalisation of young men, but PM Rishi Sunak responded that he was proud that this government launched the world-leading, world-first online safety bill. He also made reference to the autumn statement announcement of £2 billion of extra funding to schools. Although he did not respond with any direct reference to Tate, the online safety bill is expected to complete its final stages in the Commons shortly, before heading to the House of Lords. New figures released recently show that school absences in December were almost double the annual rate and that this was due to illness. The absence rate, as reported in the Evening Standard, was 14.3% across state schools in the week beginning December 12th an increase from 7.8% across the year. The Department for Education in England said the increase was due to a rise in sick days as a result of winter illnesses such as flu, as well as COVID-19 and Strep A infections such as scarlet fever. In the Channel Island of Jersey, BBC News reports that the government has brought in 11 UK supply teachers to cover for absent staff. The short-term and long-term measures have been put in place due to staffing shortages and the supply teachers will cover for up to two terms. Short-term housing has been organised for those travelling to the island. The Jersey government said the current vacancy rate for Jersey was 4.3%, but that the long-term plan was to train, recruit, retain and upskill school staff. Finally, the Meanwhile in the Middle East section of the CNN website reports on the United Arab Emirates' plan to become the first Arab nation to teach about the Holocaust in its schools. The move has been praised by some and criticised by others. The nation revealed its plans in a recent tweet and intends to include Holocaust education in both primary and secondary schools. The UAE says it will work with Tel Aviv and Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Jerusalem, to help build the new curriculum. Whilst many see the move as part of the normalisation of relations with Israel, critics suggest that it does not reflect all of those living in the UAE, with many disagreeing with this policy. Full details of the story can be found on the CNN website, with comments on both sides explored in detail. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
4: Hello, let's start the new year with investigating the power of artificial intelligence in education. A lot of people are asking, does your school block chat GPT? First of all, what is it? Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, or GPT for short, is a piece of software designed to mimic talking to a person. Difference is, this person is super clever, and it's been trained by thousands of conversations in the past, and it remembers them all. There are lots of chatbots out there. GPT is popular with young people as the answers it gives are not only correct, but can be slightly different each time. So it's more difficult for a teacher to spot a copy and paste homework. Let's put it to the test with a couple of school questions. I'm using a screen reader to represent ChatGPT to give it a voice. Responses are usually in text and appear as if they're being typed really quickly. I asked, what are the registers in a processor? And I got... Registers
5: are a type of memory that is built into the central processing unit, CPU, of a computer. They are used to store data and instructions that the CPU needs to access quickly in order to perform its functions. There are different types of registers, each with a specific purpose. For example, the instruction register stores the current instruction that the CPU is executing, while the program counter-register stores the address of the next instruction to be executed.
4: I'll stop GPT there, as three paragraphs were given in this answer, and it's only a one-on-two mark question. So I asked, can you tell me in two sentences? And I got...
5: Registers are small, high-speed memory units built into the central processing unit, CPU, of a computer that are used to store data and instructions. They allow the CPU to access and manipulate data and instructions quickly, enabling it to carry out complex tasks at high speeds.
4: Well, thank you, GPT. That's much more to the point. Powerful, right? How about, can you summarise Of Mice and Men?
5: Of Mice and Men is a novella by John Steinbeck, published in 1937. It tells the story of George Milton and Lenny Small, two displaced migrant ranch workers during the Great Depression in California. Despite their apparent differences, the two men are deeply bonded and rely on each other for companionship and support. The novella ends tragically when Lenny, a simple-minded man with a love for soft things, accidentally kills a ranch owner's wife while trying to touch a soft dress, and George is forced to make the difficult decision to euthanize Lenny before he can be punished for the crime.
4: That's fantastic. However, there's some words in there that are quite big, and my teacher would be quite suspicious that I copied and pasted it. So I'll ask, can you summarise Of Mice and Men simply?
5: Of Mice and Men is a story about two ranch workers, George and Lenny, who are travelling together and looking for work during the Great Depression. Lenny is a large, simple-minded man with a love for soft things, and George is his caretaker and protector. Despite their differences, the two men are deeply bonded and rely on each other for companionship and support. However, their relationship is ultimately tested when Lenny accidentally kills a ranch owner's wife, and George is forced to make a difficult decision to protect Lenny from the consequences of his actions.
4: That's more like it. Now my homework's done, I think I just bought myself some more time on my games console. As always, I'd love to hear what you want to know about tech. Let us know at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods, and that was 2 Minute Tech.
0: 2 Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Oh, brilliant. That was really useful. I, I found that quite fascinating. Um, if you heard any sound issues then, uh, big, big apologies from me. Um, this experience this evening has been amazing. And actually, it reminded me a little bit of day one of teaching on Teams, uh, where you're like, right, I've got the skills of talking down. I know what I'm doing. I've got my subject matter. But I can't find my children. I don't know where they are. I've sent them off to different rooms. I've lost one group. And, you know, so during, during the biggest pandemic, my, my, my biggest fear this evening was not about the talking, not about the public speaking. Those are my core skills, but about the technical issues because you and I are used to having our technician. Mm-hmm. to deal with the technical things so a really big thank you uh, to the teachers talk radio family for being on call there uh, to help me so uh, really really appreciate it um i was listening nicole to um one of the teachers talk radio shows earlier on uh, in the week um and it was called uh, what skills um do students need to study for their future? And it was like a lunchtime show with Brent Poland. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like a Sunday lunch show. It was a really good listen. So I do recommend um, our listeners uh, listen to that. But there was this um, amazing snippet um, that he'd put into his show. And it was about students speaking in the youth parliament about what skills they're learning in school um, and what they're not learning in the curriculum. And a lot of that was to do with life skills. But I think we can you know, definitely turn this around with regards to what we're saying about drama, about art, about sport, about music, about co-curricular, and how these are really, really important skills for our young people to leave school with, especially post-pandemic. Right. Um, I, I wish that
2: I had the kind of brain that retained like specific information about things that I've read and heard, but something that really stuck with me a number of years ago when I was teaching in the UK, um, and there was a study about the skills that young people need, um, to be successful and competitive and employable in our near future. Um, and those skills were not necessarily what we were learning in our core subjects of course of course we need english math science history but what we actually also need are people with um creative thinking problem solving um you know that like out out of the box um problem solving that you know probably gets spacecraft back onto (laughs) earth (laughs) in a macgyver-esque way like you you need people um who are creative thinkers and i guess also with co-curricular you learn what your strengths are and what other members of your team's strengths are so that you can surround yourself with people who um can can solve a problem together
1: absolutely absolutely and it's you know it's, it's part of the cool skills skills of drama isn't it it's about sort of evaluating creating performing at times you have to lead other times you have to sit back and, and listen to your team when you're devising and, and you're creating and i mean i think that is that is the key thing about drama and sport um, although there are a lot of individual sports, obviously, yeah. um, but you know where you you have got to listen to others and and work as a team and not railroad your ideas through regardless, you know, my way or the highway. But that you are able to to, to sit back and go, actually, let's let's roll with that. Let's try that. It might not work out, but. Um, but that's what I love about our subject is 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 the way that sometimes you know you have to tap a, a student on the shoulder and say, why don't you why don't you try that? Yeah, because sometimes they're quick to dismiss a quiet child's ideas because mm-hmm. that child is is quiet, but actually that quiet child is often a thinking child, and they're often thinking let's let you all fail first (laughs) and then and then I'll I'll roll in with the correct solution or a great idea yeah
2: well you know it's it's finding the space um for all young people to feel safe right safe in their Mm -hmm. learning environment and then feel safe enough to be brave um and stretch themselves beyond what feels good I think COVID really um gave everybody an opportunity to turn inward Mm -hmm. um and relearning how to step out right it's been tricky i know teachers globally um are thinking yeah there was some learning lost but we're also thinking like okay but there was also like we need we need a some time for healing before we can then push back into Mm. um into asking kids to, to be brave or scared or um, yeah. take those risks.
1: Yeah, but th- but that I guess that's the thing about being a teacher as well, isn't it? I guess is that that we are adaptable. I mean, right, heart on <laughs> sleeve. I mean, in the pandemic, everyone was struggling, mm-hmm. but we didn't stop. We had to be there and work work it out there were teams of teachers in every school working out teams working out zoom working out just working it out yeah and I then rolling very... it out I and mean, it was right. the Easter holiday uh-huh. holiday it was not a holiday <laughs> we were all in teams meetings in our groups and you right. know on director drama I'm a team leader yeah but my skill set is not technical stuff um, and so you know, I'm saying, help me yeah. to, to people that I'm normally leading, and and that's that's massive, that's huge. And you know, the whole profession went online. Everyone had to adapt their their schemes of work. Their, you know, I actually found that when we were online teaching the theory side. And Mm -hmm. the exam spec stuff was just a hundred, it was so much easier because everyone had a device. Everyone was able to type essay questions to me. I was able to edit, send them back. They were all in the room at the same time. We would read some out. We would hear it. Whereas uh, in a classroom where you've not all got devices and you're not on computers, Mm -hmm. we're listening, we're writing it out. You know, it's it's a different skill set. Um, obviously the practical stuff was impossible, but actually the practical stuff was easier online than it was when we went back into school and teaching drama had masks on our faces.
2: Right. (laughs) Did it, um, did it change your practice back in the classroom? You know, that idea of like actually, uh, changing the way that I teach theory because of my time online massively changed.
1: I think I there's know. been when, a, a huge, yeah. I think there's yeah. been a huge shift. A lot of that comes down to um, accessibility, and right. you know, um, and the individual school. And you know, some schools have rolled out sort of devices across different year groups, and now it means that, that that can be a thing. I'm also, you know, twenty years in the profession, times that by two and a little bit more. I'm old school. I'm mm-hmm. I'm you know, I, I'm I'm the generation that 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 does both the pen and paper stuff we do that really well we write neatly mm-hmm. we like to underline things put the <laughs> heading put the title colour code it and and we also you know like the technology and and what that brings to the classroom but also our subject is very much it's kinesthetic it's mm-hmm. a practical subject you need to be up on your feet it's audio it's visual um and so it, it's nice to have have a change and and that that kind of variety but um, from what I know from when I was um, head of arts faculty and so headed up all the arts plus PE plus film media every subject is, is very different but within that umbrella of, mm-hmm. of subjects um, they're all taught in a completely different way even though they're all practical subjects and and so I, I guess everyone can take different the benefits from that but also I, I guess we're just in a completely different a different sphere teaching has 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 changed yeah in in so so many ways um due to technology, but I, I guess we're here to talk about co-curricular. <laughs> I've gone <laughs> on a, a massive, massive tangent.
2: I think that COVID makes anytime time like it's brought up in a conversation, <laughs> it brings us all on a tangent. But to your point about um, the way that we had to pivot at that point, it did feel like I was doing my master's all over again, right? That intensity oh, yeah. of learning, mm. but that, also makes me um, respect our students even more right when Mm -hmm. we as teachers we don't often take a step back and think about what the experience is from a student perspective and during particularly that beginning bit of covid when we were all students as well Mm -hmm. and like you were back to nqt year where you were an hour before you like an hour ahead
1: of your kids if you're lucky yeah Um, and then sometimes you're 20 minutes behind them (laughs) but also you're teaching a lesson in a way that you've you've never experienced before without going to watch someone else doing their online lesson and being in the room and going actually oh right now i know how to click that button it's a bit like tonight with the technicalities here but um it's it's
2: risk-taking it's Mm risk-taking um and going out of our comfort zone um again which we are asking kids all of the time to do whether we even think about it or not right like i i often try to remember or try to remind myself when students walk in um during the day into a class or in the evening into a rehearsal like they have their own universe going on above their heads as Mm -hmm. they walk in um and i i don't i'm (laughs) i'm not even sure why i'm bringing it up other than just to like think about um equity and inclusion and accessibility Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. um trying to meet meet our kids where they are Mm. um across the board
1: yeah and it and it is and it's it's that adaptability and it's that you know they they may have you know 100 deadlines above their head they might you know all sorts of different things but when they come into that room it's a safe space it's Mm -hmm. You know, anyone can be every, anyone, everyone. All these mm-hmm. different characters they get to play, and you know, it's 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 one of the most interesting things. Um, I, I sit through a lot of um, audition tapes and, and and monologues, and you know why I want to come into this school, and you know and and one of the biggest things that the children say which is a massive contradiction on the one hand is i love drama i love drama because i can i can be myself and then within the same sentence they say i like stepping into someone else's shoes <laughs> and and being a different character and you're like you don't really know what you like, but you like it and you're passionate right. about it and you right. really enjoy it. And when you step in that room, you feel that, you know, you feel invincible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that's that's the most important thing about, about co-curricular. It's about um, building up the personality of the students. And it's a way, it's an escape from from the day-to-day activities, um, uh, yeah. you know, the this, this scheduled timetable. Um, and, uh, you know, like, was in a musical theatre club today, and there was only a few of the children turned up because there was other activities on. All of a sudden, that 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 clashed, and um, and just seeing that progress from they they started learning the song, um, and then we took the song away and got them to just perform it as if it was a monologue acting. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, they put the layers on top and, mm-hmm. and they were singing out. I had goosebumps on my arm. And that was one of those moments where you're like, do you know what? I might be exhausted and da da da. da but this is why we do it. This is right. why why we're teachers. And it's it's for those those moments. And it's it's for the co curricular because that's yeah. where I get to be as creative and, and you get to be as creative as mm. as you possibly can be.
2: Yeah, I had, um, I had an amazing experience. (laughs) It wasn't even my experience, but I got to sort of witness and whatever, live it together. Um, so last semester, um, we were putting on the play that goes wrong, the American version. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, my goodness, what a challenging show. (laughs) What year
1: group did you Uh, use?
2: So that was high school. Uh Um, It would be the equivalent of your like gcse and a level Mm -hmm. and i have been fretting since COVID. actually our numbers um of participation or has been down a little bit yeah yeah i've
1: heard uh, that said a lot actually yeah
2: and i've been really anxious about it and i have a just a phenomenal go-getter senior young woman who um as in senior year um who was like Ms. Tremblay, I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to get all sorts of people to um, participate. I was like, okay, you do you, I will be here. Anyway, a lot of new kids came and turned up who have literally never taken an acting class. Um, Maybe this year have joined choir, but like these are our academic, athletic, young people. And, um, you know, as a theater director, all you need to see is a spark right you just have yes. to see a spark of possibility mm-hmm. nobody has to be a finished product walking into no. the room so w- one of our like oh, i don't know i want to call him a lead football player <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> a guy who is on the football team joins the cast he becomes the lead um, amazing and we have a whole high school musical experience because this sounds of like course, a film. Right, the football team are doing really well, and they get to playoffs. And of course, like the playoff night is opening night of the play.
1: Oh, so
2: coach and I are like, yeah, yeah. Uh, "Do you have him or do I have him?" I was like, mm, "We both have him." I'll move the time of the show up. Nice. So we have the show at five o'clock. The guy does like his most amazing like <laughs> opening night right senior year. Brilliant. Um. Finishes the show, round of applause. Kids run out with his football T-shirt and his helmet. He jumps (laughs) off the stage. He runs over to the football, the football field, Um, and there are four touchdowns that night. And every touchdown is from that one student.
1: Amazing.
2: So he comes to me the following week, and he's like, "Miss Tremblay, that." Uh, I mean, I had a lot of fun. Thanks. (laughs) I'm going to write my college essay about this. Nice. And the sentence he wrote was, um, everything I learned in the weight room transferred to the stage. I learned discipline, repetition, and the art of rehearsal. Amazing. This guy who's never been in a show before. Now, of course, he's one of the leads in the musical this semester as well. And who knows? Like... Yeah. That will have changed his life forever, yeah. whether he is a participant or an yeah. audience member.
1: Um, Love that. Yeah. I hope you've got that on some kind of mural up on a wall in both the sports hall right. and outside the theatre. <laughs> right.
2: Because they work together. <laughs> yeah.
1: But this, and this is, you know, this, this is all part of it. And, you know a story not as exciting as yours, but, but I'll always remember um, You know, one of, one of my GCSE, this is from uh, my previous school, one of my GCSE students, he'd picked drama because he thought it would be a DOS, didn't realise there was coursework, even though I had, of course, told him at the open evening, um, and, and was really struggling to focus, to concentrate, to let his group do anything. And um, so I was like, well, why don't you join Tech Theatre Club? Let's let's get you in. He's like, what's what's that to do with them, Miss? And I was like, well, you know, you can learn all sorts of different skills. Do I get to press all the buttons on the? Yeah, all right, if you want to, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, so I sort of got got him together with the the theatre technician. We then switched within the curriculum. Instead of doing the acting, he was then going to be um, a sound technician or lighting technician and um he was absolutely fascinated with the um pulling apart of a plug and, and rewiring a plug he, he just found that really fascinating and he learned that skill outside of the classroom with my theater technician um and then after his gcses I mean, he ended up with a b for his lighting so wow. i was super proud super proud um and then he became an electrician and mm-hmm. you know Has his own business, so right, Right. you know, and you just kind of think, wait a minute, he got that from drama, yeah. (laughs) And then, and then, tech theater club. That boy would never have gone to tech theater club. Right, he was normally just you know out in the rain kicking a football about with his mates. Um, but you know, and it it you know it just goes to show the, the importance of co curricular for for rounding you know these young people. Um, and it's about that journey. It it it's about that memorable journey from A to B and and the opportunity for success I mean often you know along the way there might be little failures and that's really really important lessons that that young well, those people are the need best. to learn they're the best those lessons. are the best
2: lessons I always say like you know if we have an awful rehearsal like that's the best time mm-hmm. to learn <laughs>
1: yeah this is when we want to make our mistakes. even if it's the dress rehearsal right. <laughs> it's stressful it's
2: super stressful but, but you know there's that you know it's
1: gonna be all right in the night
2: mm-hmm. and that creative that happens, tension then. um and again the problem solving um relying on everybody else around you to help get you out of that moment uh, it's it's mm. it, those are the and life it, skills that we just yeah. cannot
1: teach and it's it's, it's, it's mental health it's 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 all of those things it's like even just being a teacher that's our curriculum that's our daytime but we've got to find time for ourselves as well to do a dance class or you know play some sport go to the gym and and it's the same for the kids they need that escape that that opportunity to let off steam to do something a little bit different um and it gives you that 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 high, you know, you think, oh, I'm really knackered, but I'll go to the gym. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, really pleased I did that. And that's like your young, young person, yeah, you know, and, and all of that, that success, um, and that experience. And and that is stuff that will go on the CV. So we'll help, you know, mm-hmm. wherever he goes in the future, academically or personally. Right.
2: You know, and I am, I am, even as we're having this conversation, uh, I am totally aware that we are talking um about the ideal situations right yes, We're talking about yeah absolutely. families who yeah support, are able to support their and drive case, them
1: around right and yeah um,
2: and i am aware that there is a whole faction of young people that would love to be involved and God, yeah. don't get that opportunity mm-hmm. um so i do just i just want to say yeah, that out loud absolutely like... no that's
1: no that's and that that is the thing you know i've i've, I've worked you know in um in, um, in various different London schools as well, and, and trained in various different London schools as well. And, and you know, some of those students weren't given that, you know, they, that mm-hmm. there, were, there were different things they had to do, family mm-hmm. things they had to do straight after school. They weren't able to stick around in school and, and take note of the opportunities. And also during COVID, you know, some students co-curricular was gone. Right. We did every, right. you know, we were lucky our children had devices they were able to access and we were doing play reading, we were doing radio plays, we were doing whatever we could even, you know, to mm-hmm. think of and um, mm-hmm. to ensure that a school production would still happen as a podcast. You know, we, we right. were doing whatever it was that we could to ensure that we were trying to support these kids' mental health, whether it's little video diaries or whatever that could then be put together as a little play. We were doing it, but not every school had that ability and not every child in every household had a laptop and was able to continue their learning or their co-curricular at that time. And also there are some kids who are pushed by their parents to do so many co-curricular mm-hmm. activities that they are so over that they are overwhelmed. Right. Um, so there, there is definitely a balance that that needs to come from it. but um, you know, I've really enjoyed our our conversation this evening and just catching up and chatting about all these wonderful experiences and finding out, you know, how it is over there in the States. Yes. Um, so, and, you know, yeah. that
2: invitation, we talked about this before, but the invitation to bring a group of students over, um yes still exists and uh we're hoping that we will be able to come visit you again too
1: yeah absolutely and that i mean that was an amazing collaboration when you brought your students over and we got frantic assembly and did a workshop in my theater then took them to see was it jamie yeah um and 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 yeah just a, a wonderful a wonderful and experience ran into one of our or two of
2: our ex-students two of our ex
1: pupils one working at a theater <laughs> yeah one Creating his own in company, park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and just, you know, just and that's that's part of this co-curricular as well. It's just that wonderful knowledge that you've sent these young people off into the world and they're being super successful. One of our ex pupils yeah. did costume on six, you know, got mm-hmm. people in Netflix shows, people in the West End, and you know, and, and that just just for us means that somehow we're inspiring our students just like, you know. My dear teachers inspired me (laughs) (laughs) for a love of drama. Um, So anyway, thank you to all of my listeners um, this evening on this debut show. It was a delight to chat to you, Nicole, about our experiences and the importance of co-curricular for young people. I'll be here um, Tuesday, the 31st of January from 9 until 10 PM on The Late Late Show do tune in to all the other Teachers Talk radio shows. There's a really exciting programme and lineup for the rest of this week. Big thank you to the whole TTR family for their support on the technical side of things with this show this evening. And take care and thank you for listening.